Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Be Green with Amy. I'm Amy. After adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle, my hubby Rick and I lost over 130 pounds. Now I coach others on their plant-based journey. Just has voice. Let's welcome our guest. Author of the book, Aging Powerfully, Accept Your Past and Take Control of Your Future. Nan Simonson is a speaker and certified health and lifestyle coach. Please click like to help Be Green with Amy. Welcome, Nan Simonson. Hello. I'm so glad. Welcome, Nan. Thank you. (laughs) I'm so happy that you're here. We have a mutual friend, Angela Fischetti, who has been on this broadcast many times doing exercise classes. And she connected us. And I'm really glad that you're here because you have some really great information to share. And we're also going to talk a little bit about your book, which is called Aging Powerfully. And some of the things that you'll be talking about are included in the book. And and many of us here today that are watching or listening have either adopted a whole food plant strong lifestyle. Some of them might just be plant curious and haven't done it yet. There's so much excitement about the lifestyle. And some people, they might expect that after adopting it, that they'll easily lose weight, quickly reverse disease, and feel better almost instantly. Now, while this lifestyle is beneficial, and I can attest to that, and I'm sure Nan can too, it's just one of a few pillars of health. And I'm so glad that you're here today, Nan, to talk about the pillars of health and how it can help us with aging and how it, that these pillars can be an asset and an adjunct to the whole food plant strong lifestyle. Yes, they can be. As a matter of fact, um, if you'd like me to take you back a bit to how I began and why, I'll be happy to. Yes, you have a, a very interesting story, and I think that a lot of people today who are viewing are going to be able to relate to some of it. So go ahead and tell us. Okay, all right. Back in 2018, I was in a year-long course um, at the Institute of Inter- Integrative Nutrition as a health coach, and then I went on and I took another six months for advanced coaching, six months for gut health, and six months for hormone health, and ultimately took one of their um, write your um, dream book courses. And the the result of that was my book, as Amy showed you, Aging Powerfully. And they had a contest at the end uh, from among those who had written our book and had it published by the end of the year of that year. It was, in my case, it was 2020 by then. And um, yeah, I won. I was one of the three contestants who won it. And so we got our tuition free. That was kind of a kick. So all of this to say in 2018, I was studying nutrition. I was studying health. And I, in the middle of the year, had some lab work that showed I was heading in the wrong direction. My cholesterol was high in the 230s. My Blood sugar was almost 120, so it was almost diabetic, fasting blood sugar. And um, doctors were, and I had um, high rheumatoid arthritis markers. So I was being referred to doctors, cardiologists, 
a rheumatologist and a um, endocrinologist, every one of them without any further conversation <laughs> pulled out their prescription pad and said, here's some medicine you'll be taking for the rest of your life. And here's some procedures. They at one point even said, ah, we're going to take out your gallbladder. It's kind of sludgy. <laughs> I said no to every one of them, because again, I had been studying health and I believed uh, what Hippocrates dictated, let food be thy medicine, medicine be your food. And I knew that I wanted a chance to do this with food and lifestyle. So I said no to all of them. And I serendipitously at a, at a, um, a, a botanic garden, they were offering classes. And one of them was a class on plant-based nutrition. It was a three and a half hour class of training. And then they were going to feed us a meal. And I must say it was probably the first meal. This has to be an exaggeration, but I think it's true. The first meal that I ever had with not any animal product at all. I mean, no egg, no butter, no cream, no cheese, no animal flesh. And I used to think that without those, the meal wasn't complete. And it was delicious. And the training had taught us that our body accepted these foods best. Now, I've got much more to say about that, but I'll just leave it at that. And that was in August of 2018. I began a whole food plant-based regime um, I went to several conferences, including the National Health Association conference. I took a course with Pam Popper, Dr. Pam Popper, in food as medicine, and I was certified with her. Learned enough to know that that's where I was going and made a deep dive into the whole food plant-based lifestyle to the degree that an eating disorder that I had had that was haunting me, if you read Aging Powerfully began at 14 with anorexia, then went to bulimia at 15. That haunted me for, well, most of my adult life. I was able to leave behind and walk away from. That was predicted to be impossible. Some people will say if you have an eating disorder, the longer you have it, the more entrenched it is. You can't leave it behind. And I did. And now it's going on five years. And I have to point at the, the power of what a perfect diet, one that feeds our gut, which means our microbiome. And that I, I don't want to get too deep into that either, but I'm, I'm just going to say it this way. We have this microbiome through which our, we have short-chain fatty acids produced when these gut bugs are fed, they're fed by one thing, fiber. Those short chain fatty acids will nourish our body, not food wise, but regulate our body in hundreds, maybe thousands of ways because they have everything to do with all of our organs and our brain and our, our neurotransmitters. So in other words, I was getting the medications, the drugs, that I had been on off and on my entire life trying to stop this eating disorder. I was getting that for my food because the neurotransmitters, serotonin, dopamine, um, oxytocin were being produced in my body. I was also 
I it took took some time to trust it, but I did it anyway, that I could eat the foods that really satisfied me and fed me at my core, which were the whole food carbohydrates. Because I went through that whole, those 70s, I'm 72 now. And in the 70s, when I was looking for ways of even then trying to work beyond my, my binges, I paid too, way too much attention to Dr. Atkins and his, his demands that we eat animal protein ad infinitum, that the fat's not going to hurt us, it's the carbs that are going to kill us. And I stayed away from them. And the only time I had them was when I binged. So I binged because I really wanted them. And they, they felt good. Well, I went into whole food plant-based and I follow um, the dictates of the doctors like Dr. McDougall, who says, eat 70, 80% of your calories from whole food, plant-based starches. And that's what I do now. And way back in the, eight, the 2018, uh, I'll say the beginnings of my dietary plan, I trusted that because I began watching Chef AJ and, and um, Tammy of Nutmeg Notebook and the people who were teaching us to eat our potatoes and our uh, um, whole grains and our uh, legumes for protein. Well, all plant foods have some protein, some way more than others. Um, and the legumes, I fell in love with all of those. They stabilized my metabolism and I was able to, within a couple of months, stop doing something, stop the binging, stop the obsessing with food, the food fears is what I call them. Uh, gosh, what do I eat and how much? And I don't know what to do. And this is so crazy making. I was able to walk away from all of that with a whole food plant-based diet. So I am so sold on the value of plant-based nutrition in a way that is beyond what some people would understand. And that is that it, some people consider it strictly a way to nourish our bodies. It's a way to also balance them and to sometimes fix things that, um, that the, I'll say the disadvantage of our SAD diet, the standard American diet, which is 60 to 62% processed foods, foods that the microbiome doesn't even, those gut bugs don't even uh, recognize because they're not, they're not what those healthy bugs, and that's what we want, a a um, gut full of the healthy bugs that create those neurotransmitters, they don't recognize uh, a processed food. So I'll talk about that, but that's my story. So I had this certification as a health coach. I went to a cooking class four minutes from my home that somebody recommended. She said, oh, there's this lifestyle medical practice. I didn't know anything about that. And they have a cooking class and it's plant-based. So I went to this plant-based cooking class. I was in heaven because it was everything at that point that I was believing about eating well on plants. And the, the um, chief operating officer happened to be at the class and said, oh, how did you find us? Because most of the people there were um, patients of the, the group. And I said, oh, one of your patients recommended it. And I'm about to become a health coach 
and I on whole food plant-based nutrition. Well, he said, we're looking for a health coach. Ours has just moved away. Would you like to join the practice? Da-da. So it, this was at the end of 2018, January of 2019, I became the lifestyle medicine health and lifestyle coach, which I still am now. And I began doing cooking classes for them because I've always known how to cook. I just didn't. And I'd done demonstrations for years and years and years for 30 years. I was with Tupperware and owned a Tupperware franchise. And what do you do? You demonstrate the product by demonstrating food in it. That's what I did. So I was really good at that. So that's my, that's how this began. That was my genesis. And I haven't looked back. I was able to bring my cholesterol down to in the 130s and 40s. In other words, below that golden uh, 150 that Dr. McDougall says you're aiming for. And the blood sugar is down at 80, 81. So in other words, everything. And that gallbladder they wanted so badly is still with me because everything just cleared up. So at 72, I feel stronger and healthier and more settled than ever. And I've left behind a secret of a lifetime that made me feel shame because I knew it. Nobody else did. They just thought I was sort of together and um, I knew they were wrong. So that's, that's bringing it up to this. When I decided to put what I learned at Lifestyle Medicine, because boy, was that eye-opening. The pillars of lifestyle medicine, and I'll outline them, the pillars of lifestyle medicine were established um, when the College of Lifestyle Medicine began certifying doctors as lifestyle medical practitioners. That's an actual certification program. And the doctor at this clinic, it's called Lifestyle Medical, that's the name of the clinic. The doctor who founded this clinic is a past president and one of the founders of the College of Lifestyle Medicine. In other words, it doesn't get any better than this. Everything was sort of fitting hand in glove. And so I've been working with one of the founders of the College of Lifestyle Medicine. And I've watched, is it dozens or hundreds, or I don't know if it's thousands of patients walk in with what you would think is an intractable illness, turn their their illnesses around using lifestyle as medicine, not medicine, not allopathic medicine. I'll take an allopathic doctor any day. If I cut myself and need to be sewn up, or if I am in acute distress, but give me a lifestyle medicine doctor any day of the week, because their first questions are, as a matter of fact, every patient fills in a review of, are you eating well? Are, are you eating whole food plant-based primarily, or are you eating vegetables, fruits, legumes, grains, seeds, nuts, etc.? Are you sleeping? Uh, how is your stress management? Are you moving on a regular basis? And do you have friends and connections in your life? They ask patients that, and they talk about lifestyle because our body is a set of organs that respond to different things. Our adrenal system responds to stress and sleep or lack thereof. If the adrenal system is on overdrive and we're living on pumped out cortisol, we can't digest this fabulous food we're eating. So all of those things have to come into play. Well, I watched patient and still do. 
I watched patient after patient become healthy, well above anything they expected and into their later years. And so I'm sold on lifestyle as medicine and therefore sold on these pillars of health. So I'll, I'll, um, uh, I'll outline them. Amy, do you have any questions that anyone has popped up with in the meantime, based on whatever I've said or anything that's come to mind? Um, not yet. I don't have any questions coming up yet. Um, no. But we do have our game of true or false. Do you think well, we should ask our first true or false question before you begin? Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, then that's what we're going to do. It's time for True or False on Be Green with Amy Live. Answer true or false to Amy's questions in the comments below, and Amy will ask our guest for the expert answer. Okay, Green Warriors, type in true or false. What do you think? The why behind our actions can predict our health outcomes. Okay, true or false. Nan, what do you have to say about that? Okay, even though it's not one of the prescribed pillars of health, and I'll tell you what those, those, um, those uh, acknowledged pillars of health is, I always start with purpose. Purpose is our why. It's what Dan Buettner in the Blue Zones uh, quoted the Japanese as calling ikigai, it's what they call in Costa Rica, plan de vida, what you're starting your day with, your intentions. The why behind what we're doing and the decisions we make have a lot to do with whether or not we move forward with purpose and therefore whether or not we accomplish our goals. So I always encourage patients and I encourage people that I work with to look at what it is they want. My feeling when I was about to turn 70 and I realized that there's no way around it. When you're 70, people think you're old. It's called old age. <laughs> and I thought, ah, oh, this might be the beginning of the end. And then I thought, heck no, this isn't the beginning of the end. This could be the beginning of another one, two or three decades of healthy life. I've seen that at the practice and therefore created a purpose for myself. And that purpose was based on my belief in lifestyle as medicine, what I have had seen at the practice, and my belief in whole food, plant-based diet and lifestyle. And to say to people, if you can adopt these things, you can go forward. So my mission will be to spend the next one, two or three decades doing exactly what I'm doing right now. And that is talking about it and helping people understand how workable it is. And through my website and my YouTube channel, doing training and recipes uh, every week so that there is a place to go to learn. And what Amy has done is exactly this. And she has that very dramatic story of that, the difference, even in the way she looked physically, which is such a draw for people who are struggling with, well, the bodies that the standard American diet tend to um, almost dictate because we can't eat that way and maintain health. It just doesn't work because the food's way too addictive. So back to purpose, I ask people to think about what you want and why. Is it to see kids grand graduate? I just thought to myself, I really want to see my grandkids. I have a eight and a 12 year old grandson, and then there's two more coming on board. 
um, with my husband's daughters, both of whom are expecting. Um, yeah, I know. Isn't that fun? And I, I, with the eight and the 12, I want to see them married and have kids. Now that could be 20 years from now. That would put me in my nineties. Fine. Bring it on. See, that's purpose. Well, what do I have to do to do that? I better toe the line and do these things I love doing anyway, but do them with purpose. So we've got purpose. And if you go to the next or the beginning of what the College of Lifestyle Medicine outlines as our pillars of health, I think, Amy, you had another um, uh, question. I do. Yes. Green warriors. Get ready. So the next true or false is the easiest way to get plant-based protein is by eating beans and legumes. Mm. Okay, true or false. And Nan's going to talk about what legumes are in case we have people that aren't familiar with that as she explains the answer. Okay, Okay. Nan. All right. Well, the first question anybody gets, I get, and my husband, I was married 40 years. My husband passed away. I talk about that in the book. And I then a couple of years later remarried. Now I've been married 11 years. And he was all in with a plant-based diet because his health wasn't looking very good. And so we're, you know, we're like born again health wise now, and we're not going to give that up. In any case, um, the first thing people say is, but where do you get your protein? Everybody asks that. And people believe that animal protein is superior. We may absorb it more quickly and more strongly. Same thing with iron, which happens to be heme iron. We absorb it more strongly like a bolest, but it's too much for most of our bodies. As a matter of fact, they have shown that animal protein T. Colin Campbell's work with the China study, especially, and then all the research after that has shown that our plant protein is much healthier for our body than animal protein, which stimulates something called insulin-like growth factor, which stimulates cell growth and on and on and on. You can research that. It's absolutely so. So you have to believe and um, embrace the idea that plant protein is excellent and we can get all we need from plants. The next thing I would say is what is beans um, and legumes? Legumes are, um, well, beans and and what they call pulses like lentils and mung beans. And and so legumes are those, those uh, well, they're beans. Let's just look at it as a category of beans. And we get most of our protein. They're the highest in protein, especially lentils. Lentils are one of the highest and mung beans are the highest in protein per, um, let's say, ounce or per um, serving of any of them. And so, yes, it's absolutely true. The easiest way to get um, plant-based protein is eating beans and legumes. However, (laughs) there are people who say, I can't my body won't handle them. I don't like them. I don't want to. The gas bothers me, (laughs) which your body gets used to. And I will refer you to Chef AJ, whom I know rather well. I've been with her, gosh, four times, five times at Rancho La Porta. I was her sous chef at um, her cooking classes there. And she doesn't eat beans. Um, 
or legumes at all because they upset her stomach. And she doesn't eat nuts because they're sort of a trigger for her to want more and more and more. And so she doesn't do that. So where does she get her protein? She gets her protein from everything else, from greens and starchy vegetables and potatoes. Her favorite starch is a potato. So in other words, I'm saying that you can get your protein from legumes. That's where you're going to get the highest percentage. But one of the lowest percentage foods in terms of of grams of protein per calories is potatoes. Potatoes have about a 10% um, protein per calorie as opposed to a legume, which is like 30 and sometimes 45%. All we need is 10% of our calories from protein. So if you ate nothing but, but um, potatoes, you're getting plenty of protein from that too. So my answer is yes to the beans having the most, but if you eat a, a healthy plant-based diet, and I mean healthy as opposed to, um, and that's why I'm going to digress. I refer to my eating style as whole food plant-based, not vegan, even though it is. But I say it that way because industry which just loves promoting whatever they make and however they make it, they're going to satisfy their shareholders with lots of profit, have gone over the top with producing vegan foods. And people who are plant-based say, oh, it's vegan. I can eat that. A lot of that food is every bit as processed as the processed animal products or processed products that it doesn't matter if you're discerning animal or not, are simply a bunch of things that are non-identifiable, squished up with a flavor and called food. And a lot of them, again, our microbiome has no idea what to do with. So that's a kind of a long convoluted answer, but you can get all the protein you need by combining real food, not the process, real food in any number of ways and you've always got seeds and nuts that also have plenty of protein as well. Ta-da. Ta-da. That was very, very well said. <laughs> so yeah. if, if we're looking then at the pillar of nutrition, well, why don't I just tell you what the pillars are? The pillars are nutrition. In other words, what we put in our body. And I take it even a step further, even though I won't go into this, but what we put on our body, because a lot of what we on our body is absorbed and so we want to be as clean as we can and I'm really careful about what I choose to put on my body um, the problem is again back to the manufacturers they have all kinds of things that'll tell us well if you use this your skin will be perfect if you use this you won't have any more sagging if you use this this and people keep buying all this stuff putting it on their skin and they're absorbing all kinds of chemicals so I'll just leave it at that. Because people may be familiar with these patches that have medication and it's a, it's a way to deliver medication to the body. And, and doctors will prescribe patches with certain prescription medication that you just have to stick it on your skin like a Band-Aid. And yeah. now the medication has been delivered to you without you ever even having to have it through a, a needle or by, by mouth. And so this is what Nan's talking about. Whatever you're putting on your skin, it's a getting absorbing into your into your bloodstream. So yes, that's very, very important to talk about. Best okay. example. 
That's yeah. a great example. If it goes through, if, if a patch can be transdermal, all this stuff we put on us that they tell us we have to have uh, is absolutely transdermal. So getting back to the food, if we are, if we are choosing our food from whole food plant-based, preferably organic if you can, otherwise wash well and all of that, it's better to eat it, whether it's organic or not, than not to eat it if it's a whole food that is plant-based, uh, fruits, vegetables, seeds, nuts, grains, and legumes. Okay, so that's one of the pillars, your nutrition and what you put in, what you put on. Another is movement, the, the imperative that we move our body. I'll talk about that. The other, another is community, the integration in our life of others. And I'll talk about why that matters and does it matter as much as the food we eat? Interestingly, yes. Um, in a roundabout way, I think of food as if you see my skin, what's what you're looking at is cells and those cells are healthy or not healthy based on my food. But there's things that will interfere with that food going into my my body. And therefore, these things are uh, imperatives, the community. And then finally, what we call resilience at lifestyle medicine, which is two things. It's the prioritizing of sleep and what sleep does for us. And it's the um, ability to uh, modulate stress because all of us are under stress from circumstances, but a lot of us are under stress because of just thought processes. We can look at a thing, it might be raining. And for some people it stresses them out because they're thinking certain things about rain. And somebody else is thinking, oh, my gosh, God's cleaning the world. Yay. <laughs> anyway, that's just a kind of a shallow example. But that's what I mean about how what we think can produce stress. So let's take it all the way back to the food then. What food is advised in the College of Lifestyle Medicine? Whole food, plant-based. And I can say plant-forward. And I can say plant preferred, meaning that if somebody here is ready to put your fingers in your ears and hum, yeah, nah, 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 because you don't want to hear that and you think there's no place for you there. What I say to people who aren't ready to make a change is simply start kind of crowding out some of that stuff, like the processed foods, like the fast foods, fast foods are so, I'll say beguiling. In other words, there's ads everywhere and showing all this delicious looking food and all you have to do is drive by and drive through and wow, you've got it in your hand and wow, you can even eat it while you're driving and all of that. The thing is, those foods are so contrived, so um, uh, poorly made. Do you know that the buns in most of the fast food restaurants, uh, McDonald's, Burger King, Jack in the Box, have anywhere from 20 to 21 ingredients in them. Now, what does it take to make a bun? It takes some yeast and some flour and some water and some salt, maybe. That's it. 21, what are they? They're chemicals. And even that is going to mess with us. So all of this to say, if you can make most of your food, if you can... Uh, source 
your food and kind of crowd out those things that you can say, maybe I don't need this today. Maybe I'm not going to drive through, but I'm going to put together um, something that I just love. For example, if you were thinking, I don't even know. And I think there's a question like this and I'll, I'll answer in advance. What would I use as a meal for um, transitioning? I'm new to this. What can I make? Think of what you love. If you love something like chilies, because chili is really popular around this time of the year for the 4th of July um, barbecues and things like that, I'm going to a party with a mixed crowd, dietary preference mixed crowd. And I go to this party every 4th of July. And it's a couple that we know that holds the party. I bring a huge pot of my baked beans. They're kind of sweet, kind of smoky, and they're fabulous. And as I say, I just wrote this somewhere. Oh, on the recipe, when I typed up the recipe, I have to take the portion I'm going to have at that party first. In other words, pile it on, because by the time I go back, my beans will be gone. And what's left are the ribs and the chicken and the stuff that I can't eat. Um, so they're good. So do something like that. If you like any kind of a, if you like a, a, a burger in your hand, you just love that feeling of biting through onion and lettuce and tomato and crispy, um, uh, crisp, well, crispy lettuce and, and pickle. Um, make a bean burger. The, what we're really tasting in a hamburger, besides all that fat dripping down your face, is we're just tasting all the seasonings. So make a bean burger or make a, a sweet potato burger or make a, a grain burger. There's a lot of really good recipes. I have some in my website. And do what you love with it. Use a tofu sour cream. I have a or a tofu mayonnaise. I have that in my website. And you just pile all that stuff up and you just get to do what all those other people are doing, but you haven't hurt your gut. You haven't put in your body what it doesn't want and doesn't know what to do with. But more important, plants have polyphenols. Those are chemicals. They have, they have um, polyphenols, uh, phytonutrients, phytochemicals, vitamins, minerals, just thousands of elements that have not even been identified that our body loves. And so every time you eat something like that, you're actually doing yourself a favor. So what I would say again is as one transitions, I went almost overnight, but not quite. It took a month or two before I had my very last animal something. And I think it was a can of sardines or something like that. It took a while. Um, but so you crowd out with really nourishing plant-based foods that you like. And before you know it, when you have the other food and you feel the difference in your stomach and you feel the difference in your energy and the more fruits, vegetables, seeds, nuts, grains, and legumes you have, the clearer your skin gets, you, before you know it, start preferring it. You kind of have that conversation that I just went through in your mind and you think, yeah, I think I'll just do a salad instead, or I think I'll just do a lettuce wrap instead, or a taco. Our tacos here, we have tacos at least three times a month, if not four. Our tacos here are fabulous. And we just put, and you'll see those on just about anybody's website, including mine. There's all kinds of taco fillings that are just as good as if you had used ground killed animal. And instead, you're eating something that is really, really nourishing and still makes you feel like you're doing that. So that's that. So 
nourishment, whole food, plant-based, movement. Our brain doesn't know we're alive unless our muscles are moving. Isn't that a dramatic statement? Because our muscles show the brain where we are in space and what it's supposed to be doing. And of course, stimulate our different organs. Movement is something that without moving our body just to stimulate the, the flow of fluids, the, the blood into our heart and the lymphatic um, system stimulated by muscle movement because the lymph system doesn't have like a heart to pump it. It takes muscle movement. Um, we, we cannot thrive. We can't move out toxins, but also the less we move, the less we're able to sarcopenia, which is that degrading of muscles begins in our forties. And every year, we lose about 1% of muscle mass at 70. If I hadn't been exercising, that's one thing I've always done. I really like to exercise. If I hadn't been exercising, I would have maybe even the same general shape, but the difference would be on a cross section, let's say of a thigh, instead of that thigh being full of muscle and therefore strong enough to get me up and down stairs or cycling or running. I did a half marathon last November. Instead of being able to do those things, that cross section of a thigh would be a lot fewer muscle strands and a lot more fat. In other words, very, very weak. So movement is imperative in that way. It's also really good for your brain. Doctors, uh, Dean and Aisha Sherzai, who write, wrote the Alzheimer's Solution, they're vegan, their entire family is vegan um, because of research and their understanding that this is very important to help re, um, to uh, reduce the incidence of Alzheimer's. They say the same thing. You've got to move, especially your thighs, because the thighs pump the most blood of any muscles in our body, and it pumps it up to the brain, and the brain needs to have the blood rushing through it to, um, to help um, clean out uh, the dead cells, etc. So movement is essential. In my book, and in because this is just a synopsis for you, and in, well, just about anything you research as it relates to movement, you'll get ideas of what to do. The, the general consensus is at least 150 minutes per week of purposeful movement, not just kind of meandering. People will say, oh, Nan, I walk to and from the kitchen or the, the backyard, or I walk around my backyard. Sometimes that's just meandering and that doesn't get enough flow going. It's purposeful walking or purposeful movement or gardening where you're pulling or pushing or you're stretching, um, things like that. But 150 minutes a week is, what is that? About 20, 30 minutes a day. Um, and if you fall in love with movement, you can't help yourself. You want to, I get up without even thinking about it, get my workout clothes and I head up a mountain or I'm on my cycle or I'm working with resistance weights um, because I just love doing it. And then after dinner, every day, 30 minutes um, around the block, well, several blocks, 30 minutes, um, because it just feels good. The next, yeah, And if you're not, if you, do, if you can't do those things because you're not mobile, 
and you haven't been maybe doing it for a while, it, it doesn't preclude you from, from adopting an exercise program. We've had, we talked about Angela Fischetti. She's been on the show quite a few times and she even has done a few classes with us where she actually sat in a chair and did a workout. Okay. So as long as you can move yeah. your legs while you're sitting or your, or your hands and arms while you're sitting, as long as you can move one or all of those things, that's making movement. And then from there, if, if you're able to, you can graduate to more exercises that are more challenging. So there's, you, you have to start somewhere. So don't just because Nan ran a half marathon doesn't mean that's what you have to do. But if you want to, and your doctor says it's okay, that's wonderful. But everybody can do it, right, Nan? Everybody can Absolutely. do something. You know, when I started running, I started running at 70. Our local uh, historic mission in was doing a run and it was 5, 10, 5K, 10K. And I signed up for 10K. I'd never run down the block. I thought I couldn't. And I signed up and then I thought, oh man, I've told people I'm going to. And so I did run to 10K app. There's a run to 10K app or run to 5K. And that's what I did to do the two 10Ks and then to do the half marathon. But I'm so glad you said that because there are people who won't even try because it is too hard for them to move. There's always something you can do to move your body. And it's, it's so necessary. It's absolutely an imperative. So thank you. Um, and now, did you have a, since I've already talked about it, maybe you had one of your questions that we can throw out there. About movement? Yeah, about movement. Okay, sure. And I, I may have already answered and you'll know. Well, that's it. okay. Somebody could be coming in late or somebody okay. just wants to know that they're right. So that's okay. 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 <laughs> All right, Green Warriors, true or false? Moving our bodies daily can make a difference in our physical and our mental health. True or false? Okay, Nan. Go ahead, talk about that a little more. If you get this one wrong, you haven't heard a thing I've said. <laughs> Absolutely 100% true. Right. Okay. Yeah. So and it's talked- a big deal for our, for our mental health, too. I think that oh, people don't realize absolutely. how important it is. And, and people say, well, I've tried exercising and they say you get endorphins, but I don't feel it. And it may maybe in the beginning, you may not feel at least you may not think you feel the endorphins. Right. It, yeah. But but over time, as you do it, then you'll realize it. I remember. Uh, one day recently, I, I was because I do exercise every day, and so I do a warm up and exercise and then a cool down. So during the warm up, even because even a warm up is starting to get your your heart pumping a little bit, and then um, I, I received a phone call from someone that I had been trying to connect with for such a long time. So I said, "Oh, ordinarily I'd let it go to voice, but I'm going to answer this." And as I was speaking, I was feeling tingling on my skin. But I wasn't experiencing that while I was doing the warm-up. But when I abruptly stopped, I, I felt it. And I said, my goodness, am I feeling this all along? And I'm not even aware of it. So, yeah, it is just something that I hope everybody does incorporate. And even if it's just for five minutes at first and then graduating up to more time. Yeah. I remember the first time I ran, I did run up my block. And I thought I was going to run back. I couldn't even run back. That is is how we start things, little teeny bits. But the more you do, the more you want to do. And mm-hmm. that's absolutely true. You just have to sort of trust it and start somewhere. 
And you're a testament that it is not never too late. No, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was for my two 10Ks, I was in the top two in my class because most 70 year old women in my area weren't running. And so it's easier to look really good in these things. <laughs> The older you get. Okay. Yeah, that's that's, that's yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. So you have purpose, you have movement, you have um oh nutrition, movement, community. What is that about? Should we start with our question or do you want to please, talk? Please, okay. please. Yes, go ahead. All right. So we have another true or false. True or false, having others in your life can bring you through illness that you may not otherwise survive. That's a, that's a powerful statement there. Okay, Green Warriors, what do you think it is? Nan, you can talk about movement. I mean, having others in your life now, the community. Okay. In uh, my book, I have a chapter entitled Others. Well, actually, let me explain something. Powerfully is an acronym. All 10 letters of powerfully is a lifestyle pillar, a lifestyle modality. The first five are the Life College of Lifestyle Medicine pillars, purpose, others, whole foods, exercise, and resilience, which is sleep and stress management, and then some others that I'm, I'm not going to go into. But all of these are meaningful. And under others, I quote from a book that I wrote about in my book, and that is Dr. Kelly Turner's book, uh, radical remission. She studied a thousand people. It was over a thousand people who were told that they were terminally ill with cancer. There's nothing more we can do. You're dying. And these people recovered and they recovered to the degree that she could follow them five years later, 10 years later, and they did not succumb to cancer. And so she interviewed them and it was all over the world. She interviewed them, came up with nine commonalities that these people adopted in their lives to cure themselves. And one of them, of course, is whole food plant-based. Another one is purpose, but another one is others. And she talked about something in her book, and I thought I would read this to you. What researchers have found through brain MRIs, blood tests, and saliva analysis is that receiving love and social support leads to significant increases in powerful healing hormones, such as dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. These hormones, in turn, boost the immune system by sending signals to decrease inflammation increase blood and oxygen circulation, and increase the number of white cells, red cells, and helper T cells, and natural killer cells. All of these changes help your body find and remove cancer cells. Isn't that a lot more than you would have expected from the value of others in our life? Our loneliness or isolation creates changes in our adrenals in our adrenal system, the stress uh, of, of loneliness and the depression that sometimes ensues or our isolation or our ruminating about being on our own and not being included. All of those 
change our adrenal system's response to life. I mentioned this earlier. We start producing cortisol. The cortisol interferes when something is, and cortisol and the adrenals are good things. That's what keeps us safe when something, well, we go back to our ancestors, the saber-toothed tiger was chasing them, etc. And that's a good thing. But all systems stop. All energy goes to where it's needed to do some powerful exertion or response. Even the brain doesn't work the same. Well, when we are, and I'll, I'll have you think of what I'm explaining when someone's under stress as well, but when we are lonely or when we are under stress and both sort of have the same components, um, our adrenal system is overworking, overloaded. And before we know it, the things we do that are helping us like excellent food aren't able to be processed the way they would be otherwise. So having others in our life makes a huge difference. What do we do about it? Go through your contact list. Look at who you care about or who you like spending time with or who is someone that is like-minded make a check by their name and just tell yourself, we're going to get back together. I'm going to text them or call them and suggest a lunch date. Or for example, I haven't seen a friend of mine who's been doing a lot of traveling. She's a dentist and I know her Fridays are off and I texted her and I said, I'm missing you. How about a tea and talk? We call it tea and talk. And she comes over and I put out tea in some of my whole food plant-based sweets and we talk. We haven't done one, though, for what, a month and a half. And so she's coming over on Friday. And another friend I haven't seen in a while will have lunch with me that afternoon. I had to instigate those things. We're both glad it's happening. But we have to instigate some things that otherwise might not happen. Um, maybe have a light dinner and invite several people so that you can have an excuse to have a small party. Um, when if you have children and they're on the ballpark, um, go there and connect with the other moms. There's so many things we can do to connect with other people. So it's some of the obvious, like, again, inviting people to spend time with you or you're getting involved in things like um, uh, volunteer work or in classes or lectures or openings or, or events at your community centers. But there's also things that you can do on a daily basis. If, for example, I had mentioned I go up a mountain on a regular basis because I've done that for 10 years. There are people I know and people that know me and we really don't know each other, anything more than just a hello. But those hellos have led to conversations. Wow, I haven't seen you in a while or are you okay? Or just, you know, great day, have a good day today. Those, that's community, that's communication. You go to a restaurant and they, they know you. Are you gonna have what you usually have? You go to a market and you walk in the front door and the person at the counter, hi, why? Because they see you often and because you initiate a conversation or just a comment by saying hi, even if they're not looking at when you when you walk in, hi, they look up, they look at you and the next time you're there, they're, you're, they're a connection and everybody benefits from it. So that's important. That's part of what makes us healthy. And the absence of that can make us very 
unhappy. And isolation is the worst thing of all. And then sleep, prioritizing sleep. Seven okay, well, we're going to have a true or false about yes, that. But yes. just if you wanted to talk about that, that if you are whole food plant-based, yes. or if you're just curious about it, that throughout the world, that there are potluck dinners happening and there are meetups. They have plant pure communities, has something called pods. And I have some uh, different blogs that I wrote about it and I'll put them in the, in the show notes so that you can click on them and find the, how to, to find maybe if there is a group in your area that is doing this and you can have community that way. Because oftentimes when people have adopted this lifestyle, it is a big part of their community food. And a big part of their friendships are meeting at restaurants and so forth. And if they can connect with a group that is already established and doing this, then that can be a really positive thing for them. And I'm glad that Jesse T brought that up. Thank you. Okay. So we're going to have our final true or false. And we're going to talk about the final pillar, which is sleep and green warriors. Sleep and stress management are as important as the food we eat. Well, here we are talking about how important food is. Is it really as important? Type in your answers. And Nan, what do you have to say about it? <laughs> well, I think I let the cat out of the bag earlier when I, I described the importance of managing our sleep and our stress, because if we don't, that food we eat won't be digested properly we won't be able to assimilate the, the um, important elements of our meal because we won't be digesting them well. So yes, it is as important as the food we eat. If people don't sleep and seven to eight hours is the recommendation, if they try to get along on six hours and do it long enough, their brain is affected by that their nervous system is affected by that. Um, now there's some outliers. There are very, very, very few outliers that can sleep a little bit and not be affected by it. But most of us, if we're not sleeping well, it has the effect of actually changing our attitude, our thought processes, our anxiety, um, and our health, because sleep is essential. One of the best ways to sort of set your circadian rhythm and sleep is based on a circadian rhythm that affects just about everything on the planet, every mammal on the planet, most living things. And the circadian rhythms are usually set by light. First thing in the morning, if you get out and you get light in your face, even if you're in a cloudy um, and um, a northern climate where you don't really see much light, there's still those protons in the air from the light that your iris will pick up. When you're out first thing in the morning and you can pick up some light, it sets your circadian rhythm because the pineal gland says, ah, oh, light. And it sets a 12 to 13 hour clock to then start producing melatonin. And you start this wonderful cycle that way. That's one way that can help us um, get ourselves into a cycle, a healthy cycle of sleep. Some scientists say the best time to sleep is 10 because between 10, well, it could be earlier, but between 10 and 12, our brains 
tend to do something called a slow wave sleep. And there's value in that. And then we have our faster wave sleep and we go into our um, REM sleep, but all of those kind of pulse throughout the night. But sleep is um, essential and you have to prioritize it. Some people go to sleep when they finish their last show. And it could be some willy-nilly time. One night it's nine, the next night it's 12. Maybe they got carried away and stayed out until one or two. And they think it doesn't matter. Our body doesn't like that and our brain doesn't like it even more. So consider that. I mean, these things do happen and you are going with the flow of life um, because that's enjoyable too. But be aware that sleeping is something that we can control with something called sleep hygiene. And sleep hygiene includes not eating two to three hours before we go to bed. It includes keeping the low, the lights low throughout the house so that our melatonin will start to um, come up. It includes not doing anything overly exciting so that our body system is ready to go to bed. It includes a darker room and a cooler room. Our body wants to drop one to two degrees in order to get a good night's sleep. And so all of those are part of good sleep hygiene and allow us to lay down, go to sleep, sleep well, wake up refreshed and do it again. Um, and there's lots on sleep that you can research. And then stress management is all about, and I mentioned it earlier, not just what's coming at us, but what we think about what's coming at us. We can, Abe Lincoln said, a man is just about as happy as he makes up his mind to be. Whenever I get in a snit about something, I don't know about you, but I get in snits. Do you get in snits? Something, you know, something just hits you wrong and you're in a snit for a while. <laughs> I will catch myself because I know and I believe that our body responds at a cellular level to what our, what's going on in our thoughts. And if I can catch something like that by just repeating to myself, Nan, <laughs> you're going to be just about as happy as you make up your mind to be, knock it off. And gratitude can make a difference in spite of this gratitude, the things that are going right, the things that have been done right, and on and on. We can control so much of our thought processes through the practice of gratitude, the practice of acceptance, the practice of forgiveness. When somebody has done us wrong and we're just pining over it, or no, not pining, I'll just say ruminating over it, and it's making us unhappy, sometimes it's time to just practice forgiveness. If for no other reason than to feel better yourself, whether or not you feel that it is something that the other person should be let off the hook for, just to do yourself a favor, it'll feel better. So and that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to tell that person that you have forgiven them. Right. I think a lot of people think that that means. <laughs> Good point. Go ahead. Go ahead. You 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 were talking about you just it. Let I just it go. To clarify. Yeah. You just let it go. There was a a um. Oh forgiveness let me see if i can find that quickly because there's a um 
Oh, I'm not going to. Well, be. To, you can look for it. And I can go yeah. on a little bit. Yeah, but a lot of people really do think when they, when I first heard somebody say that years ago, I said, so I'm just supposed to contact this person that did this terrible thing and tell them I forgive them. And, and, that, and I'm giving them a pass that they maybe could do it again to me or do it to somebody else. It just it didn't seem right. But, but it seems like these thoughts that we have, even as far as, you know, things that we're thinking about somebody that did us wrong, or maybe even just things that we're saying to ourselves, which can be bad too. It's, it's kind of like a rut in, in the mud, you know, and I don't know if you, anybody's ever seen that, but the, you can, if you try to get out of a, a muddy place and you're, and you're spinning your wheels and you're just getting deeper and deeper and deeper into it. And, and this is what's happening in, in your brain, which is this complicated computer that's absorbing everything that you're thinking and seeing and feeling. And we just really need to, to let it go. And so it, and forgiveness is not necessarily telling the person that you forgive them. It's telling yourself, I don't have room up here for these bad thoughts. I'm not going to keep ruminating and making a rut deeper and deeper into my brain when I could be thinking about other things that make me feel good. Did you, did you have a chance to find it? No. And, okay. and it, was, it was a good one. <laughs> Yeah, day said forgiveness is not about the other person. Very well said. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Very yeah. well said. So I've covered what I wanted to cover. I've covered our pillars of lifestyle medicine, those things that we can adopt into our lives, prioritizing them so that we're not living a life of being bombarded by whatever happens to draw our attention. We are intentionally living and we're intentionally performing in a way that will make us healthier, happier, more balanced and more joyful. Yeah. Well, that everything was very well presented. And, and I wanted to, because in the beginning, in the introduction, I, I spoke about how people just, they try the diet and then after a week or so, you know, maybe they got through the detox and they're like, wait, where's all this health that everybody promised me? And for some people, it does happen very quickly. They get off medications in a week sometimes with, yeah. under their doctor's supervision. But for some people, for some of the things that are going on, it wasn't just the food that caused it. So I hope that people that are watching and listening are learning about these things because our body is so complicated and there's so many pillars of health and we can't be perfect at everything. But if we can be more aware of it and 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 learn from it. We're, I think with that we'll definitely see some improvements. I wanted to bring up something because you were talking about community and Elizabeth and I said, uh, initiating contact with others is a challenge for introverts like me, not always comfortable in social settings. So, and, and I wanted, you can talk some more about that if you want, but Mona said, same here, but I joined two groups on a whole food plant-based pod and the other not have made friends in both, but decision, best decision I ever made. And I gave a link in the comments to the blog that I wrote about how to find plant-based neighbors near you. So I don't know if you wanted to talk any, about that. Yeah, the, the response that was given was spot on, that we can, without necessarily going out, and we've shown ourselves that our social media 
can serve us well. Sometimes it can fool us into thinking the rest of the world has what we don't have, including fun and games and happiness all the time. That's <laughs> called gaslighting. Um, but by the same token, I run a support group at the office and it's every Tuesday. I've done this now for going on five years. And many of the people say this is something I look forward to every week. This is where I find community. Well, I decided to, independent of the, the of lifestyle medicine, offer something. And this is my second series. The first one was called Brain and Body Connection. And this one, it's a 12-week series. And it's called PowerPoints, Points of Interest Regarding Lifestyle as Medicine. And, and before I, you continue, I just want to let everybody know that in the show notes... I have links to what you're talking about so that they don't have to worry about scribbling it down or whatever, and they can hear what you have to say. Go ahead. And so you're, in, you're, you're um, invited. <laughs> Everyone is invited. What I do is I do a 15 to 20-minute presentation to begin, and I record that, and that goes on to my YouTube channel and my Facebook. But there's a group there that has gathered, and now I have people that are from the first group that are still on and now new people coming on. And yesterday I did this. I do it on two live. I do it on Tuesday at 1.30 Pacific time. I I live just, oh gosh, 45, 50 minutes east of Los Angeles. So I'm in Southern California. So I'm Pacific time, but it's 1.30 my time, 3.30, um, I'm 4.30 rather um, East coast time. Is that true? Yeah. And um, so it's 20 minutes of actual training and that will be posted on my on um, YouTube or Facebook. But then we have, well, as we did yesterday, about 45 minutes of conversation because I'm doing it on Zoom and we get back on a gallery view and people ask questions. They share, they tell their stories and they form a connection Things like that, and this is what your second respondee said, things like that, joining groups like that can give you something to look forward to. I know that several of the people mentioned, oh, I look forward to this group yesterday. And I thought that was that was really nice. And when this PowerPoints, it's PowerPoints and I'm doing it through the summer. So we end the week that uh, fall begins. We end on the 19th of September, but I'll do it every Tuesday and people can catch the training later, but they can be here now when I'm doing it live on Zoom. But there are a lot of things like that. So I understand being an introvert, not wanting to feel like you're um, front row center. There are some people that join these support groups and sit back without even having their camera on. You know, I love to look at people. It's like, oh, please let me see who you are. But I, I let people do whatever they want. Sometimes it's just a name. We've had people that haven't said a word. And I, I, I just have to believe that that's just where they are at that time. But they wouldn't be there if it wasn't something that allowed them to feel um, a connection. So there yeah. So, so you consider don't, joining yeah, me on the power. Be there, and then when if you feel like talking, you can, and if not, you can still be watching, and you can do the 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 pods that I was talking about. And there's just and here we have people having conversations with each other. So there's lots of ways to have community. 
I really wanted to thank you, Nan, so much for explaining how including the pillars of health can help us well, be healthy, but also age fabulously. <laughs> and if you can tell us, you told us about this class that you're doing. Can you tell us about how we can find you? Yeah, I am. I on almost a weekly basis, unless I'm traveling. We were camping a week ago, and so I'm a week behind on recipes. But almost every week, I'll post a recipe video on YouTube. And I also post things like this training portion of the PowerPoints. Um, and so I have, oh, and I have a, a fun video. It's actually a training video on the value of whole food plant-based using the little black dress as a metaphor for whole food plant-based starches. In other words, I was thinking if everybody realized how easy it is to be whole food plant-based eating all the beautiful, delicious starches you want, maybe it would get more people to say yes. So I did this whole photo thing, whole photo shoot of little black dresses and how you can dress them up. They can be basic like your potato. They can be dressed up like a potato bar. <laughs> and I did a fashion show and that's on my YouTube channel. It's, uh, it's called What I Eat, What I Wear and the Little Black Dress. <laughs> that's and very clever. Yeah, very clever. <laughs> but but you'll see things like that everywhere. Things that will help you. And and I'm I'm gonna say also, the more you marry yourself to like-minded people, if even just listening to their podcasts and and because I when I exercise, I almost always have a podcast in my ears. Even on my bike, I have my the phone in the basket and I'm listening to because it's it's classroom time and I love I love learning. But even if um, even if you don't know the person, the more you hear of where you want to go, whether it's better attitude, better movement, better sleep, the more you hear that, the more it pulls you forward into wanting to do those things. Don't isolate yourself with your own thoughts, because sometimes our thoughts take a downward turn. I read somewhere that negative thoughts are three times as likely to come up as positive thoughts. So we have to purposely make ourselves do gratitude journals, purposely make ourselves count our blessings, uh, or we could kind of go down the wrong road. Um, and the more you listen to somebody, I listened to, uh, well, I still do, to um, cooking shows. Even though I teach cooking, I listen to cooking shows all the time. And I, there's never one that I don't learn something new from. And then want to, again, try and get deeper and deeper into my knowledge. So I would recommend that to you, too. Yep. Immerse yourself. Keep, keep yourself every day. And that's why I have the Be Green with Amy. It's also on podcasts. So you can listen to it. Even if you're on an airplane, you can download it and listen to it. Sure. And they've proven that if you are moving while you are learning, that your brain absorbs it even more. So it, it, it is more effectively if you're doing that. So you already hit upon that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I read that too. Yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah. I make my big salads and I'm chopping away and I've got my phone there and I'm watching an interview or, or, or listening to a podcast all the time. 
Yep, absolutely. And then we have, uh, I just want to let everybody know that you have a Facebook and an Instagram, Aging Powerfully with Nan, right? And then another group called Power Agers, Agers. And these are all going to be in the show notes as well. Just want to let everybody know about that. So everyone, please click like to show your appreciation for what Nan shared with us today. And I also want maybe if you guys, Green Warriors, if you can type in the comments, what was something that you're going to remember from today's talk about the pillars of health? What, what was one of your takeaways? I also wanted to thank Just Task Voice because she did the promos and the countdown, and she's always been so helpful with getting the word out on the internet for us. And Just Task Voice, tell us who's coming up next. Can't satisfy that sweet tooth? Sid Nodder will teach us some acceptable alternatives, why refined sugars are so inflammatory, and how to quickly tell how much sugar is in a packaged product. Join us on Wednesday, July 5th, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Be Green with Amy Live. Most of all, I want to thank all of you, the Green Warriors that are watching and listening. And Nan is here and I'm here. We're here because of you. We want to help you enjoy better health and aging more gracefully and learning about these pillars of health, including the whole food plant-based lifestyle. And as a special thank you to all of you, I want to let you know that I am offering you five free recipes. So if you just go to my website, begreenwithamy.com slash join, I'm going to send you five free recipes. I have a special playlist called, Hey, I Can Make That. My <laughs> <laughs> <Like> YouTube. <laughs> because I am not much of a cook. And sometimes the best thing I do is burn things. So if I can make it, anybody can. So if you're a newbie, this would be really very helpful to all of you. And I also wanted to invite all of you to go ahead and take your right hand and grab your left shoulder, take your left hand and grab your right shoulder. Now squeeze, because that's a hug from me to you. And especially to those of you that are introverts and don't, don't get out and talk to people very much, feel this hug, feel this love, and know that you can get more of that if you attend a pod meeting or a meetup meeting. There's lots of people out there, like man, that are, that are out there that want to show you the love and, and make you feel warm and invited. And if you would like to join me and Nan with my tagline in the end, you can type it into the show notes if you like. And Nan's going to say that the last word with me. Are you ready, Nan? I've got it. Okay. Well, until I see all of you again, remember, be strong, be well, and be, be green. green. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bye, Nan. Everyone. Bye, everyone. Now you can listen to Be Green with Amy expert interviews wherever you go. Listen while walking, meal prepping, or traveling. Find Be Green with Amy on Apple, Google, Alexa, Amazon, or virtually anywhere you find podcasts. Be strong, be well, and be green with Be Green with 